Welcome to the Unleash Your Voice podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Driuso, performer and creator by nature, voice specialist and leadership coach by day. And I work with entrepreneurs all over the world to help them unleash their voice and step into the leader that they were destined to be. This podcast is an unfiltered look at what it takes to truly own who you are as a leader, unleash your voice, and get your message to the masses. Are you ready to turn up the volume on your dreams, your desires, and your income? Sweet. Let's get started. Yo, what is up? What is up, you guys? I am so excited to bring you this week's episode of the Unleash Your Voice podcast. We have an epic guest, and this may or may not have been one of my favorite interviews I've ever done on the show, mainly because the topics are fire, and this human being is straight fire, okay? So make sure you're not near a wooded area, because after this episode, you yourself will be on fire, okay? So we're talking to Amy E. Smith today. She is the badass behind the Joy Junkie brand. She is not only a certified confidence coach, master speaker, and personal empowerment expert, but she is the founder of thejoyjunkie.com. She uses her roles as a coach, writer, podcaster, and speaker to move individuals to a place of radical personal empowerment and self-love. Through this episode, you are going to learn so many tangible steps on how to, number one, own your voice, even when it's uncomfortable to others, or owning your boundaries, even when it's uncomfortable to others, and really stepping in the power of who you are and stepping in your own personal beliefs, your own personal voice, and all that jazz. And you are also going to help maneuver around this like personal personal development journey that we go on where once we are like woke as fuck or whatever, we want to have everyone else be on our level. And so we talk about that as well. Like I said, this episode is straight fire and I'm so, so excited to share it with you. So without any further ado, here we go. We got Amy E. Smith on the podcast and I hope you fucking love it. Amazing. Okay, welcome to the show, number one. I'm so excited to talk to you. It's going to be thebomb.com. So for those of you who might, so th- those are the peeps who are listening, who might not know who you are. Who are you? What are you passionate about? What you got you into teaching on what you teach on? Oh, well, that is a, a quite a sorted story, actually. Well, first of all, my name is Amy Smith, and the people closest to me call me Smitty. And I... It's cute, right? (laughs) I grew up without any kind of nickname. So when I married into Smith, which I would never take a man's name now, (laughs) now that like, I know (laughs) better, but shit, that was 20 years ago. So, uh, yeah, I was super excited to have a name that I could have a nickname with. So that's how it all got started. But as far as who I am in this world, I'm a life coach and a speaker and a podcaster and a wife and a liberal and an artist and a whiskey drinker and a childless by choice. And gosh, what else? Um, And so what I kind of do in my corner of the internet is I work on helping people find their voice, but I do it in a slightly more nuanced way than you do it, which I love, love, love. When I saw your message, I was like, oh my God, I've never seen anyone else who falls under that same sort of niche. So I'm super excited to connect. Mm -hmm. 
So where you have the real authority around voice and the background in stage and things like that, my background is more so in business and also in communication and being able to get messages across to people, especially in areas that are really hard, like telling somebody, telling a stranger not to rub your pregnant belly or asking your adult children to move out of the house or telling your family that you don't believe in the religion that you were raised in or coming out of the closet or whatever else it might be that we think, I can't speak up. I can't say those things. Better just be fucking quiet. And we have all sorts of words for it, right? We have phrases like don't rock the boat and don't open up a can of worms and better sweep it under the rug. You know, we have all these ways to say shut the fuck up. <laughs> and what we don't realize is happening is that is, is a compound effect on our self-worth. So it's every time that we choose silence, we are, we are sending a subconscious message to our brain that everybody else's wants, opinions, and needs are more important than our own. Mm. So that, that is what I do. And I have a very cr- kind of crazy story of how I came about that niche. If you're interested in hearing I'm it. So interested. You okay. got me. I'm like, here, like, Oh my God, tell me more. <laughs> you're adorable. <laughs> I throw a line and I'm just like, yay. Cause it's so true. It's so funny to find someone who's like, in a very, very similar niche. And it's so good, but like, dude, does something completely different, but the same, but different. It's so good. It's, it really is quite cool. So for a bit of context, I grew up in a very conservative born again, Christian family. And my, to, to give you the scope of it, my father had a master's in divinity and a doctorate in ministry. So was not fucking around. And I went to private schools my whole life, you know, the whole nine yards. And in 07, everything kind of came to a culmination point when my father passed away. And at that point, I was still, I was actually working in makeup artistry and hadn't segued into the personal development space quite yet. And I had up until that point, always prepped my husband before we ever went over to my family's house, like, okay no John Stewart, no South Park, no, no drinking, no cussing, no nothing liberal, nothing. Don't say anything. Yeah. Just bow your head. So <laughs> funny. Bow your head and lift it up. And so that was sort of how I had lived for so long, both my brothers and myself. And it was such an interesting event because I had this background in makeup artistry. I did the makeup on my father's dead body for his viewing. Wow. Yes, folks, you heard that right. <laughs> I did makeup on my father's corpse <laughs> for, for his service. And I also spoke at a crowd, you know, for a crowd of hundreds that day. And so needless to say, I felt like I was winning at daughter, right? Like, yeah. Winning a daughter that day. And we get back home to my mom's house and she finds it the most opportune time to say, to, to let me know that she thinks that my father and her had failed as parents because both myself and my two younger brothers were not quote walking with the Lord. And in another slight bit of context there, both my brothers had done jail time, didn't go to school, had a very tumultuous past I started working when I was 14, put myself through college, got married when I was 20, had moved out successful, you know, done all these things. Yet 
here I was lumped as being a disappointment because I didn't subscribe to the faith that I was raised in. And so the only thing that I could really muster in that moment was to say, uh, you probably should not say that to a child. And, you know, I'm like, okay, here's a teaching moment. Let me teach my mom what's the appropriate <laughs> thing to do. And, and she said, well, that's just how I feel. And that really was the impetus to change the trajectory of where I was going with personal development. And it, it became incredibly clear to me that there were going to be situations where it truly was an ultimatum. It was either I make you happy or I make me happy. And if push comes to shove, I choose me. I choose me. And that, that began an incredibly sorted <laughs> path where I felt as though in order to speak up for myself, I had to be incredibly combative. So I was highly adversarial. I wanted to argue about everything. I'm like, let's bring up abortion. Let's bring up gay rights. Let's bring up all this shit that I knew was contentious between the two of us. And I became a little bit of an asshole. And it wasn't until I had many eruptions and blowups and, and, uh, I really feel like it was kind of a, a volcano bubbling over of a lot of the stuff from my youth and just being really angry about a lot of that that I had to kind of wade through and I had to clean up that mess many times and apologize to my mom. But I, it ultimately, I arrived to this idea that, Oh, I can actually speak up my speak up for myself and I can do it with grace and kindness. Mm. I can be assertive. I can be really forthright and I can do that gracefully and kindly. So this idea of grace and kindness is a huge cornerstone of my, my company. Um, in fact, this necklace says grace and kindness and I have things over here saying grace and kindness because for me, that's what it's about. It's, you know, and, and we think about it in, in the business world too. Women are told disproportionately that they are being bitchy and bossy. You don't tell dudes that they're bossy, you know, all of these things where we think, okay, in order to get ahead, I must be masculine Yeah. or you know what the traditional sense of the word masculine. So I realized, okay, there's this whole other way of being that's incredibly powerful and also very, it's, it's that the, the yin and the yang, it's being soft and strong at the same time. So that's truly what I do now is it's this idea of, it's kind of twofold. It's believing in your core that you matter, first of all, self-worth stuff, like mm -hmm. believing that your voice is actually valid and worthwhile. And then the second piece is how, now how do I communicate that to the outside world? Now, how do I establish a boundary with my in-laws or, you know, my coworker or whoever it might be? Now, what are the actual language, semantics, phrasing that I use to amplify that I believe in myself, right? How do I actually act like it? So that's, that's what I do over in my corner. <laughs> I love it so much. And I always talk about like, there's this feeling that happens when like you feel so, so just like what you said, where you became like a little bit of an asshole for a little bit. Yeah. I totally went through that too, where it's like, I was so sick of either justifying what I believed in to people around me so that I felt okay with believing in it or like right. justifying so that I felt okay to actually speak up 
And like, from like a combative place, because I was so sick of justifying myself for so many years that it's like, you just like come in, like like swinging your elbows, right? Or to settle or to like stand down. So for you, what was the biggest, like how, what was like an event that you can be like, oh, instead of doing this, which was like what I got into a pattern of doing, which was combative, aggressive, all that stuff. This was the shift in either dialogue, energy, or emotions even. Like, what was that for you? What was like the first kind of steps of being like, whoa, I'm going to check myself mm-hmm. and adjust accordingly? Well, you know, I had a lot of good fortune to be immersed in the personal development space. So I was learning about a lot of this stuff at the same time. Much of that happened for me with my mom in particular. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a lot of crazy dynamics. One being that because we had such a nuclear family and my parents were married at the time that my dad passed and you know, it, she really did look to me to be the social life, to be the confidant, to kind of fill the role. So there was elements, not just of the religion that was so incredibly taxing for me, but also the role that she wanted me to adopt now that there was this massive void in her life. And I kind of was like, I lost him too, you know, like I, and I still have a family, you know, another family here. So there was a lot, a lot to navigate throughout that entire chapter. But I remember really poignantly, there was a time when I kept trying different ways to say, please stop giving me those things. Like whether it was, you know, little pamphlets or little books or, you know, things like that. You know, I, I had tried to say it in a, in a handful of different ways. And then there was one instance where my mom had asked me if I, um, she invited me to go to church. And I realized that we're really gracious about that for certain religions. But if somebody were to invite you to a mosque, if somebody were to invite you to a winter solstice, you know, Wiccan ceremony, if they were to invite you to, you know, astrology, we look at something related to astrology. We look at that as like, Ooh, yeah, you know, but, Oh, but if it's Catholicism, if it's, you know, Christianity, then we just have to be polite. And it's like, no, 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 that's equally as offensive to me being somebody who does not subscribe to that. So if I want to be respected for my views, then I also need to be just as gracious to, to somebody else. Right. So here's how it came out. I said, I really, really appreciate you thinking of me because what I have to remember is that invite was not malicious. Mm -hmm. She was not doing that to incite anger for me. She was genuinely doing it out of the goodness of her heart. I want you to be with me in this thing. So first of all, I had to acknowledge her intent and say, I really, really appreciate you thinking of me. And I'm sure the way in which you raised us, this is probably extremely challenging for you to hear, but I actually find that really offensive because I don't give you books on astrology. I don't give you books on Wiccan because I respect that that would be highly offensive to you. 
I'm asking for the same in return. You have my word that if I ever change my mind, you will be the absolute first person to know. And please know my intention is not coming from a place of malice, but rather one of honoring myself. I truly hope you can understand. That's when I was like, holy fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, how do you even argue with that? Right. So, um, and of course she, she thinks I'm wrong and you know, it pains her that there's Buddhas in my home or, you know, whatever it is. And I'm, I feel very strongly that if you are going to be upset about that, I'm going to allow that to be yours. I'm not going to carry that any longer. And I had, um, I had a girlfriend of mine who, who were, were really good friends to this day. We both grew up in the same Christian organization that our parents worked for. And she had said to me, how on earth did you get beyond this? Like, how did you get to this place of peace? And I said, I had to become a hundred percent comfortable and at peace with being a disappointment to her because I'm not a disappointment to me. Right. So good. That's so fucking good. Cause it's, it's so true. And, um, if you don't mind, I want to like dive a little bit deeper into this. Yeah. One of the things that it's like, okay, especially when you start with the boundary work and what I see a lot of the times with my clients, it's like, okay, now that I feel okay with what I believe or what I want or my honoring myself, I now (laughs) feel it's like, this is the, like, you know, when you are learning how to balance in a new pose, like that's the wobble, right? Like that's what I explained the wobble where it's like, okay, cool. So now I'm like super grounded in this area, but now that I'm grounded in this area, I'm going to expect everyone to be on my timeline of growth. I'm an expect like, doesn't it work that way where I say what I want? And then all of a sudden people need to agree with me now because I believe in myself. And I think that it's so important what you said, where you're like being okay. And that's, I feel like the quote unquote hardest part or whatever is like literally being okay with people disagreeing with you, with people not, um, being on your team anymore because of it or, or never truly was on your team and finding that out or like any of those things or being a disappointment to someone else and understanding that you being a disappointment to them doesn't mean that you are actually a disappointment. And I would love to hear you um, kind of riff on that for a little bit of like when you're in this place of like, but why won't my partner be on the same journey as me? Or why won't this person understand that, that we need to think of things like this? Or I'm around my friends who are like so negative and I've implemented a boundary, but they're not changing. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I would love to hear because yeah. people who listen to this podcast listen to me talk all the time about this. So I'd love to hear your, your opinions and your like, stand on all that stuff and how you, because you speak of it in such an eloquent way that I think is very important. Thank you. Well, first of all, I refer to what you're talking about as when self-help goes wrong and (laughs) it it goes wrong in in a number of ways, but, but that's one where you become almost elitist. Yes. High horse. I'm like, you just like hop on your high horse spirituality and you're like, y'all get on my level. Like, exactly. It's ridiculous. So I've been there. I literally can say I've been <laughs> that shitty person. So, and it is a journey to go from being that shitty person to like coming back down to me like, oh, just because I've grown like within myself doesn't mean I'm better than anyone. That's right. My, my husband would, uh, 
it would politely remind me as I was getting more and more into the political arena and understanding politics. And I would get really elitist in that way too. And he, he would go, calm down. You've been woke for like two minutes. (laughs) Oh my God. I love that. And I'm like, you're right. You're right. You're right. We need that on a shirt. Like legit. Everyone needs that on a shirt. Because that is the most of it. And this is like a side note, but I, I, I even had a second of myself doing that, like that elitist bullshit. Cause it shows up in so many different ways. Right. And it's just good to just like recognize it for yourself. Cause it'll come up. And so the other day I was talking to a friend of mine and he's like, Oh, like I'm going on all these dates with these people who like, don't like really stimulate me and all this stuff. And the first thing that came to my head and I didn't say it out loud, but I was like, Oh my God, do you want to hear how fucking entitled I just got in my head? He's like, of course. And I was like, I literally thought, well, I know within 10, 10 minutes if someone's like worth my time or not. And I was like, the fuck? Like that? <laughs> like what? I was like, that is some elite, number one, elitist shit, number two, ego shit. And I was like, I laughed about it because I'm like, oh my God, that is so, that is so Danny, like two years ago. Like that's so Danny, like first in the beginning of my spiritual journey where I'm like, oh, clearly if you're not like as woke as I am, like and I, <laughs> and it was just, it was a hilarious thing. Cause I'm like, that's the first thing that came to my head. And I haven't had a thought like that in like years. And I think it's so funny to just be aware of it, check yeah. myself and yeah. be like, okay, that's actually not in integrity with who I am. Well, and I think the, the awareness piece is the huge piece right there is mm-hmm. going, wait a minute, look at what I just did. And so here's, here is the, the metaphor, the analogy that I love to let people know about this. Um, and I've done, I've done shows like this on, on my pod about, you know, how to share personal development with others, because what you have to realize is you become like you are working for an MLM. It's like you're working for, I don't know, doTERRA oils or whatever the fuck the big ones are right now. It's whatever the MLM is. And you, everyone's got that friend who's like, Hey, I've got a really great opportunity for you. (laughs) I'm building my own empire. And, but everyone's peddling like, Oh, these wraps or these nail things or these, that's what you're like when you're woke on personal development. You (laughs) That's exactly what you're so much. I love this so much. It's so true. Because you're like, I have an opportunity for you. And oh my gosh, if you just try the seaweed wrap, everything's going to change. That's what we do when we go, oh my gosh, did you know how you can speak kindly to yourself? Or I listened to this one girl on a podcast. But you become like that multi-level marketing person. So you have to remember, just like anything else, people don't want to be sold to. They want to be invited in. And one of the best ways to do that is to express how things have changed for you. Like, Hey, you know, I used to think like that a lot too. And I'll tell you what, I realized that I just don't like my life when I'm not mean to myself. And I've been listening to this podcast and blah, blah, blah. If you're, if you're interested, you might dig it. I don't know. It's helped me a lot Mm -hmm. sharing like that instead of, how we all don't want to be mansplained to. Nobody wants that. Well, actually, you need. Nobody wants that. So take it back a notch and and just offer an invite. The the coaching school that I went to, that was one of their uh, big phrases around introducing things to clients. Instead of saying you have to do this, it was offer an invite. Say, hey, here's this suggestion. What do you want to do with it? Do you like it? Yes, no counteroffer. 
Um, but to answer your question around, gosh, I don't even remember where we were, but I know we were talking about when boundaries go wrong or. Yeah. And not like pushing someone on your timeline of. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah. Of, of your journey of like, yeah. Of like expecting people to like be on your same page just because yeah. you are now like connected to yourself. Well, the first thing that I oftentimes will tell my students is first of all, like your, your, your bullshit meter gets really, really short. So your tolerance for, um, people talking shit about their bodies or saying offensive things around you or, you know, not supporting that you don't eat a specific type of meat or whatever it happens to be for you. You start to notice that like that, you know, and your tolerance becomes so much less. But what I think that gets missed many, many times in learning this whole skill of speaking up for yourself is it does not mean that people are coming along for the ride. The win, the win has to be the pride and the power in yourself just to give voice to what matters to you. Because over and over again, that is, again, sends that subconscious message that you matter, that you're enough. That has to be the win. What we aren't taught, and I think it's, it's a massive injustice as children, is how to be emotional spirits and how to have emotional intelligence to know that if still to this day, if, if somebody rejects me or says I'm stupid or they don't like my show or they don't, that will always hurt. That is legitimate negative energy coming at me. Now I have the decision of, am I going to take this thing that hurts and make it mean that I suck? Or am I going to say this situation sucks, Mm. right? That's the untangling. So what we often do is we go, okay, if this feels good to be accepted or to be uh, honored or recognized or achievements, if all of these things feel good, our brain goes, that must mean I'm valuable. And conversely, if all these people don't like my decisions, don't think I'm attractive, don't want to promote me, don't want to hire me, that must mean, because it's a negative feeling, that must mean I'm not valuable, I'm not worthy, I'm not enough. So you have to untangle this idea of we are intrinsically worthy and valuable, period. And that everything else that carries an emotion is just human experience. Every time I get a compliment from a student or a client, it feels amazing. Mm-hmm. Does it mean that I'm enough? Fuck no. It has nothing to do with me being enough or being worthy. That's already there. And same, if I get, you know, trolls or people who don't like my message or who are upset about something or whatever, hashtag unprofessional, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh my gosh. I got that so much because I cussed all the time. And, and it was this, I was like, okay, well, peace, then I'm not for you, you know, but it doesn't mean that's not going to hurt. And I think that's one of the things that we really have to nurture is, is being with our emotion, allowing something to hurt and go, this sucks, but I don't suck. This hurts, but this doesn't mean I'm not enough, right? Like really learning how to grieve and mourn when your family doesn't understand your choices or doesn't even understand your ambivalence. You know, if you're not sure what you believe or not sure what you want. Um, yeah. So I, I'm a huge proponent about emotional intelligence because we, we do such a disservice to everybody by saying like, don't cry, don't cry. It's like, no, 
you don't say, don't sweat, don't throw up. It's like, no, get that shit out. Yeah. You know? So I, but, but we're trained. Like I can't see emotion. I can't see emotion. And, and it's killing us. It really truly is. So I would say if you're going through something where you do speak up or no matter what, if you have a, an instance where you don't get the gig or you don't get the job or the client or whatever, to give yourself the freedom to ball your eyes out, to scribble, to do primal screams, to work it out physically, like through an exercise or something like that. But it is okay to feel, you know, and what we resist will persist. I mean, we really know that. So mm, I yeah. love that so much. And just because we're um on the topic, oh, I just smacked my mic. That's what I get from talking with my hands so much. Um, Italian problems. But when we're in this space of just to get like talk a little bit more about getting off like this the high horse mentality or like the whoa I'm so woke type thing is when we explain our feelings and emotions to someone else and they don't get it what happens when someone sets a boundary with us and we feel uncomfortable in that can you talk a little bit more about that like say someone doesn't agree with us or someone Maybe, maybe we're putting something onto someone or projecting something or holding someone to a standard of what we expect from them. Yes. They set a boundary and it's like, whoa, can you talk through like how you, cause it's like, yes, there's these things that we do for other people. We we have to remember that it's okay for people to do that to us. That's right. That's right. Yeah. This is a great one. I actually have a whole series that I do in one of my signature programs about dealing with rejection and criticism because we will have that where somebody, you know, like my mom could very easily say, I'm so sorry. The way that you live your life is incredibly offensive to me and I'm cutting off ties. Like she could absolutely say that. Mm -hmm. And I would respect what I wouldn't agree, but I could respect it. Right. So I think, I think there's a couple of things at play here. First of all, you have to really consider the source and is this person, somebody's opinion that you highly regard. So for me, I have a hierarchy, right? Like there's the people who are in kind of like my soul tribe at the very top that matter the most to me. And then, then it keeps, you know, kind of going all the way down until at the very bottom, we have complete strangers. Mm -hmm. So it really depends on that hierarchy of who is this person and how much do I actually value this input or this boundary, et cetera. And then I always look at, is there any merit? Is there anything for me to consider? Is there something that I could have done better according to me? Mm-hmm. Okay. And that piece is incredibly important because a lot of times what happens is we experience discomfort from somebody else. And because we're at odds with someone else, we go, that must mean I, I fucked up. That must mean I'm wrong. And it might just mean you have two differences of opinions and that hurts and that's hard to feel. And being primitive beings, we want to either fight or flee, right? So we either want to be defensive and retaliate or we flee, which really often looks like people pleasing, acquiescing. I'm so sorry. Let me do whatever I need to do. Twisting, contorting to make them happy. Yeah. So looking at how important is this person in my world, period? How much do I value their opinion? Second of all, is there any merit, no matter who they are? 
is there a place that I can grow or stretch according to who I want to be, not who they want to be, want me to be. Mm -hmm. And it's basically a kind of a proverbial, do I agree with you? Like, are there things I need to own? Uh, The other element is, you know, third, giving yourself a, a chance to mourn and to be bummed the fuck out. I've had situations with friendships that, um, because the two of us felt so strongly about what we were talking about, the cost for both of us to actually stay in the friendship would have been too great. I would have had to massively sacrifice or she would have had to massively sacrifice. And that wasn't fair to either one of us. So the best conclusion was for the friendship to fizzle out. That hurts. There will be times when you have to mourn the fuck out of it. There's still times when I see her on Facebook and stuff where I'm like, oh, you know, like an, like an ex. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I remember our song and stuff like that. <laughs> that's so relatable. Yes. <laughs> so so that, that's really the process. Who is, who is this person? You know, how much do I value their input? Um, uh, looking at, is there any merit? Is there anything I need to clean up according to me? Mm-hmm. and do I need to grieve this and mourn it? Like, and then, and then is there anything to handle? You know, that would be like kind of the fourth piece. Is there something that I need to go do? Do I need to apologize? Do I need to give voice to anything? Do I need to establish a boundary? And there can also be this thing that happens. I talk about this a lot with, with regards to communication. Most of the time, our biggest fuck up is our tone of voice. Mm-hmm. It's not how we feel about something. Mm-hmm. It's not our opinion. It's not our stance. It's how we deliver that opinion that we need to apologize for. So it could be that this person establishes a boundary with you or says, hey, I didn't like what you did, what you said to me. And you can say, you know, I can really appreciate. And this would be after you process. Like give yourself some time to process because if you don't, it's fight or flight. Sympathetic nervous system kicking in. Um, but then going to them, and I've done this with my mom, where I've said, you know, I really hear you. I definitely understand your perspective. I still feel very strongly about what we talked about, but I absolutely was wrong in how I shared that with you. I didn't, you did not deserve for me to yell at you that way. Um, you do not apologize for what you believe in for how you feel, for your stances, but you sure as fuck need to apologize if you've made a mess because your tone of voice has been bitchy and awful and mean. That's no way to communicate. It's not a way to get your needs met. It's not a way to be an adult, in my opinion. So those those are the pieces, I think, that are really important to excavate for and um, and then take the, the take the proper steps. Like, hey, can we, can we talk about what you brought up the other day? I've been really taking it to heart. Um, and I definitely have some thoughts. Do you have, do you have a few minutes and see, see where it takes you, mm-hmm. but you don't usually find the answers unless you get past that point of defense. Cause our first instinct is like, fuck you, you know, like, no, that's not, you know, our first instinct yeah. is always going to be, no, I didn't do that. But you have to cool down and have some reflection time before you can see their perspective. Oh, that's so real. And I was telling you before we hit record where it's like last week was a week of me walking my fucking talk. A hotter and 10%. Because when I got those edits back, I wanted to fight. I wanted to fight. I wanted to claw. I like wanted to internalize and make myself wrong. I wanted to like 
like make a whole story about see this is why because you were a C student in English. Like I went through everything and then I literally had to sit down with myself and I had to remember number one who the fuck I am right now and who I'm wanting to be. And I had to look through all these different things and I'm like, okay, and I did the exact same thing. I, I teach something very similar to you, like about like how to check the source and stuff like that. Like I, I do that too, where I'm like, okay, what's the, what are the credentials of this, of this opinion? Right. Yeah. And so I had to go through and some of it, it was just like silly little things where it's like, well, what is the point of this? And one of the comments that I responded to, I said, comedic effect, because it was just like, that was like literally it. Like I'm, when I first looked at it, I was like, oh my God, I'm not serious enough. And I was like, okay, she's just pointing something out of like, do I know what I'm doing? Is this intentional? And it's so funny because the first thing I did was try to make this like, this figure who edited my book wrong. And like all these, and it was, yeah. And it's so funny, exactly what you said, where it took me a couple of days to process. I had to process so much. And then I had to check in with myself. And then I had to check in of like, like how much weight a lot of these comments had. So, and it's just, it will make me in the long term resilient, but I know so many people who, and it was like to the extreme of like, like what feels like criticism and rejection, right? Of like having someone email you the four hundred yeah, pages, so long. yeah, like four hundred pages of, hey, we're gonna just like rip everything apart for four hundred pages. But it was so good because then in the long run, I'm like, oh, I know so much of like what I actually believe in what maybe some stuff was like, okay, off base. And I just kind of like trailed off and kind of did it just because of like what I wanted to be perceived as or whatever. But it was like a huge check-in. And so I think it's so important going through those like fight or flight because there is that reaction time. I call it like in real time, like what is the reaction moment? Because that'll show you where you're sitting with it. And then having that reflection time is huge. Well, I think you also had a really great gift in that you were by yourself receiving that. Yeah. You know, getting an email. It wasn't like somebody in your face saying, here's all the things that are problematic about that, about you and, and all of that. Um, I did a podcast on that too, about confrontation. And like when yeah. it's such a dick move to confront people. I personally think, I think you, what would you want? I would want somebody to say, Hey, I'd love to run some stuff by you. Or there's been some stuff on my mind. Do you have the time to talk? Mm-hmm. Instead of just laying into somebody. But if somebody does do that, you can speak up for yourself there too. And you can say something like, well, first of all, don't take the bait. Don't just like attach to whatever. Like, no, I didn't. I didn't say that. Like, don't <laughs> take the bait. But yeah. just say, okay, wow. I'm feeling like this conversation is going in a direction that I was not anticipating. Can you give me 10 minutes? I'm just going to run to the bathroom and just get my head around this a little bit. Or can we table this and and discuss this tomorrow? I just came out of a really rough meeting. Or you can take care of yourself in those situations. Like I'm really caught off guard here and I want to give this the attention it deserves, but I'm feeling very, very defensive. Um, Can we discuss this at another time? So even in those moments, you can advocate for yourself. And I find that it's really helpful just to have phrases of like, what would I say in those situations so that you kind of have them at the ready. Mm. But yeah. Oh, I love that. So, so I love everything. (laughs) I'm like, yes. So good. I feel like, yeah, like it's just so cool to hear some, like when people do something similar, but from a completely different perspective. 
Yeah. Like, oh my God, I get it. And like, there's just so much you can learn from each other. By the way, competition doesn't exist, you guys. But that's like exactly where it's like, oh, you can always learn so much from everyone around you, even if they do something similar to you. And I think it's just like so, so powerful. Um, Would you be open because the primary, like the primary list, primary listeners. Wow. I can't talk. Um, this podcast are entrepreneurs, but do we open to talk a little bit more about how to communicate through business and selling? Sure. Yes. Awesome. Um, yeah. So I, I think I learned this lesson early on because I've been, you know, doing this for well over a decade and my first my first jump into the entrepreneurial space or the online expert space, I had a brand that did not encapsulate who I was. Mm. And I was putting forth this image that was like waterfalls and rainbows and just, you know, real Zen. And I realized, you know, and in fact, my best friend who's also in this space called me out on it. And she was like, it's nice, but it's not you. And I was like, oh, you're right. And I had this major kind of epiphany of, okay, that's what's magnetic about me is being who I really want to be, being the person who loves roomy, but who also loves red lipstick and whiskey and, you know, all of those dichotomous things that we think we can't be. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of how I embraced writing and communicating in the same way that I do in real life. So that if you receive an email from me or if you land on a, you know, an info page or a landing page for an event, it sounds like me. And I think this can get tricky when you're hiring copywriters and and things like that, um, where you have to be really intentional about, does this person get my voice? But that was something that felt to me like a no brainer. I sense that you and I are similar in that and having, and I think it it happens also too, if you're an artist type and if you, if you love visuals and you love fashion and you love graphics and a lot of that stuff, prose and written word and having a little bit of a theater background, all of that stuff felt very innate to me. Mm -hmm. And there were other things that I wanted to outsource, but once I really got a hold of my voice and realized that, and I'm sure you have this too, the people who don't like you are really clear and they peace out, but the people who love you are diehards and they're on board. And that to me was like, I would much rather serve up this nuanced flavor of ice cream than try to serve vanilla to everybody. Yeah. And that's, that's worked really well for me. And I, I think too, the, the other additional thing I would say as you grow is to continue to have team members who support that exact same voice mm-hmm. and stand for the same things that your company stands for and um, can be extensions of you. And that's been, uh, that was hard for me to let go. Mm-hmm. But as my team has grown, they're, they are, I'm so incredibly grateful for them and they are an extension of all the values that, that I hold really dear. So, and speak the same way, which is great. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. I, my assistant, Justine is like my baby. Like I love her so much. She just like gets me so hard. And I think that's so important too. Cause it's like, I could trust her cause she knows my voice and she knows she's like so connected to the values of my brand and she's so connected to like 
the intention behind what, why I do what I do. And I think that is like so important when you have a team so that you don't feel like you are constantly trying to translate yourself for people who aren't listening. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, I think the, the only other thing that I would say is to be incredibly transparent about your own trials and your own rough journey. People relate to that immensely as long as you're through it. Uh, there's nothing more disconcerting to see somebody who talks about confidence, like losing their shit on Facebook about how somebody just dumped them and they're in the depths of despair. And it's like, handle that with your team, handle that with your tribe, handle that with your therapist, your coach, your bestie, your, you know, handle that and then come deliver it to your group after you've healed. Like we need to be sacred about that part of, I think, you know, that that's kind of my perspective on that. Um, but people really relate when they see that you're human and you know, that you do go through things. And I I think, you know, there's, I, and that's not to say, you know, there's plenty of times where I share, like I had a shit day and here's what I do when I have a shit day. That's different than seeing somebody post about a breakup over and over and over again. And they're supposed to be an intimacy expert or something like that, you know? So yeah, get your support (laughs) and then share. But, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else specifically around entrepreneurship that I would say. I have a quick question that I'll like can encompass that. I feel like it would be really interesting to hear your opinion. Um, a lot of people think that selling, like being like, Hey, please sign up for my offer. Hey, like I want you in this program is like that to them feels like confrontation that to them feels like, like I'm trying to explain. I I had a client the other day who sent me a message and the way that she worded it, I was like, I've never heard anyone word it like that. But essentially it's like, yeah, like it feels like you're walking into a room and it's like, you are, you're just like completely naked speaking Yeah, people. And I'm like, that is so cool. I I can't remember how she worded, but like confrontation was one of the words that she used. And I was like, whoa, that actually makes sense for how many people like have such a strong fear of, 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 because they don't want to be salesy. They don't want to be sleazy. They don't want to be pushy. They don't want to be like you said, the MLM thing. That's what made me think of it. And, um, they don't want to be like, Hey, did you, did you want to get in? You want to buy a sundial? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like that, like feeling. So what (laughs) Hercules reference, (laughs) but like, what would you say for people who are like, Oh my God, that to me feels so confronting. And like, I can deal with like potentially talking to my parents about boundaries or this and this, but like the idea of asking someone to invest in like something with me, right. Cause they have like their entire identity tied in there. Um, yeah. Riff on that, please. And thank you. Yeah. That's the short answer is it is not about you. Yeah. It is not about you. You happen to be the messenger that they're interested in. You have to talk about the problem and the solution. That's what people care about. They don't care about your steps. They don't care about your ideology. As long as it's, you know, within reason, they care if you have a solution to a problem they know they have. They have to be a hundred percent clear. My issue is confidence. My issue is, you know, speaking up or establishing boundaries, or I need help fixing my marriage, or I need better sex, or I need to lose weight or get thin or whatever the fuck people want to do. 
And you have to say, hey, does this sound like you? Or tell me if this sounds like a regular day. And you talk about their life, not about you and your program. You talk about their life, what they're up against. And then you relate how you've been able to fulfill that in your own life. And you talk about what it actually takes to solve that problem. And then you can say, if you're down in language that feels resonant to you, if you're down, here's what I've got for you. There are plenty of people who will not opt to fix the problem. They will band-aid the fuck out of it. And you know, this, this is the stuff that I, I say when I sell. But here's the thing that's really important. I sell to people the way I want to hear the message. So for example, um, I, I will read all the reviews. I will check references. I can't make a split decision. You can't push me into that. So I don't ask that from anybody else. Mm. So I will say, you know, um, here's the deal. I have this many spots. I'm so not trying to be like, Oh, urgent, urgent, but I legitimately can't take more than this amount. I've got this many calls coming up or the team does for that reason. I can give you 48 hours. I don't want you to stay in this place of indecision, you know, and just being genuinely honest about where you are now, like we talked about earlier, there are going to be people who still think you're salesy. It's okay that you're not for them. It's okay. It is okay. And what, what I find is that when you speak to people in the language of their pain, and I don't mean exploiting pain or salting wounds that was like taught, like, yeah, that feels yucky. That feels so hurtful and painful, Mm -hmm. but a real genuine empathy of, I understand where you're at. And you really don't have to stay there. And even though you think you're uniquely broken, you aren't. I promise you, you are not. I have seen people with the exact same situations come out with flying colors. It's possible for you too. If you're interested, let's talk about it. You know, let's jump on a call or or here, go to this page and read more about it or whatever the call to action is. But, um, you also have, there's so many things, but you also have to genuinely believe that your solution will solve the problem. Can't have half-ass offerings. Mm-hmm. You have to have things that are legitimately tested, uh, that are founded in scientific data. This is my opinion. Cause I feel like everyone's like, I'm a coach. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, uh, but you have to have stuff that, that can actually yield results for people. You have to have social proof. Um, there's tons of ways to gather this and do it in a really authentic way. And I, I feel that some of the mentors that I've followed have been so incredibly, uh, instrumental in shifting my perspective around that and knowing that selling is genuinely just sharing and saying, Hey, I know what your pain looks like. I've got this. If you're interested, great. If you're not in that place, that's fine too. You know? But, um, yeah, so that we could, we could probably talk about for like another hour. (laughs) (laughs) But that's so good. Just like how you, um, are breaking it down though, too, because that's exactly it. It's like selling is sharing and it's always like, like people 
don't know that there's a solution until it's like presented to them. So they could be like sitting there in silence being like, oh my God, no one gets me. Like, I feel like an outcast. I feel like maybe no one else has this problem. Everyone's posting photos of like this or screenshotting their sales or whatever. Like, and then, oh my God, I'm the only one who doesn't have that. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, it's okay. And I think there's something to be said too about like just having someone to relate to. And I think that's so key too about like sharing vulnerably, not like sharing, like projecting unhealed things right into the space, but like sharing vulnerably where people can be like, Oh, like number one, I'm not alone. Number two, there's actually someone to talk to who gets it. That's right. And and I think one of the biggest missteps that people take when they start talking about their business and talking about what they have to offer is they talk about all the bells and whistles. They're, they're like, it's six modules and you're going to get this many worksheets and you're going to get, nobody gives a fuck about that. Nobody wants more information. They want transfer. They want to know how is my life going to be different after this? So, you know, I do think there's times when we want to say like, okay, I have this credential or I have this, like I am an authority in this arena. I think that's important, but a large part of it is not about you. It's about the change that person wants to create. So if you think about that in everything, in your copy, in your email campaigns, in every way that you present yourself, it is, am I reaching out to this person? I know I can help not Am I the perfect expert? Am I the, no, it's a different lens through which to look. So I'm hoping that's helpful. Oh yeah. That's like amazing. I feel like that'll hit home with so many people. Good, good, good. Yeah. So good. Okay. Is there anything else that you would like to share? If you could share one last message for saying goodbye to everyone, is there anything that you would love to tell people? Yeah. You know, one of my quotes that I say all the time is, you are responsible for your intention, not your reception. And this really comes back to, it comes kind of full circle with everything that we've talked about, but it's this idea that the only thing we can control is who we are being. The only thing we can clean up, the only thing we have power over is how we behave and how, you know, what our tone of voice is, our inflection. We cannot be responsible for our reception because the reception is going to be all across the board. Some people are going to love you. Some people are going to hate you. Some people are going to be indifferent, not even know you're there. You are responsible for your intention, not your reception. And just to think about that and, and contemplate like, hmm, what if this crazy girl on the internet has something to say about this? Like, what if there's really something there? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then think about how that might permeate your actions and how you interact with the world. And just final thing, be gentle with yourself. You know, I'm talking to you as somebody who's, you know, been working on this for 15 years, had my business for a decade plus. So it's very easy for me to spit this out. Like it's normal and natural and, and everybody can do it in three easy steps. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a journey and please acknowledge yourself for any step in the right direction. That's a piece of growth and it deserves being applauded. Ah, so good. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh my gosh, I've had a blast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much. What is up, friends? Thank you so much for hanging out with me on this week's episode of the Unleash Your Voice podcast. 
As promised, all your goodies are in the show notes below. So you can go ahead and swipe up and claim those. That's where all the information is on where you can find me, all the resources on my website, all the juicy, juicy info, where to find me on Instagram and all that fun things. Also, if we had a guest in this episode, you can bet your bottom dollar that I put all their juicy details below as well. So go ahead and swipe up and claim those. If you've got a friend where you're like, oh my God, they need this episode in their life, please, please, please share it with your humans. I want to get this work and these amazing epic guests and this podcast to as many human beings as physically possible so we can continue to unleash our voice and get really unfiltered up in this bitch. Okay. So go ahead, share with your friends, tag me on Instagram. If you want to share a screenshot of the show and you know what sharing is really, truly caring. So go ahead, go forth, multiply, share this with your friends. And I can't wait to see you on the next episode of the unleash your voice podcast. Until next time, go be bold, be bright, be you. You're fabulous. Stop being so goddamn secretive about it. I love you guys so much. Later, Gators.